everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today, I am joined by my chief of staff, who is tired a little bit today, Hallie. Yes, I am. Me too. Like, as if we were just talking about it for some reason. I don't know. It's like Thursday. Like seasons it's or the, allergies. It's like the. It's like we're coming up on like the longest day of the year, so we can't use that oh. excuse for know. what it is. I will say, did I? I don't know if you happen to notice this. Did you notice uh, the the dough? the the actual deer that gave birth here the other day uh no yeah I so did not. it was actually quite interesting it was i looked outside and we have a and for people who can't see we have this field next to us that's probably two and a half feet for most of the stuff and i saw the deer walking in there which typically doesn't walk in there and then a couple hours later i saw it walking out and i just said oh it's walking out again and then it came to like a short section kind of like right over there where yeah. it's really short grass and i saw this tiny little fawn that was just kind of like it was probably like a foot by a foot there's a lot of wildlife around here <laughs> I've seen, well, I mean, obviously we have geese, ducks, and turkeys, turkeys. I think I've seen a pheasant. There's hawks. Yeah. I've definitely seen little, um, like ground hogs running around. Yeah. Around too as well. Deer. Yeah. It's like a little wildlife paradise here. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So we were, um, we're going to jump into a fun conversation today about the, what is the difference between an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur? Or entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship. Yes, which I think, I mean, I've talked about entrepreneurship for a really long time, but interestingly, a lot of people always ask me what it is. I think they think I've made that word up, yeah. um, <laughs> which I have not. I don't remember where I first heard it, but um, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, that's totally me. And I, it's, I think it's coming up more and more and more because, I don't know, maybe like the I always like mess the mess up the dates and time, but maybe five or six, seven years, whatever, when like entrepreneurship was like, not that it's not a big thing now, but it was like, like reborn. huge for years. Yeah. And, you know, there was just everyone was talking about being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, and everybody was starting businesses. And not that they're not, but I think people are starting to see that there's like a different avenue mm-hmm. that can be just as fulfilling and actually might be much more in alignment with who they are. But like entrepreneurship was really sexy for, I think, yeah. a really long time. And again, I think maybe we're shifting away from that a little bit. Yeah. I'm kind of just, this is anecdotal, but that's what I'm, what I see and what I think. Well, I think you're spot on. And, and I know that we shared this in my weekly uh, newsletter that went out there, the, the article, the new book that was written about Jack Welch, right? Because I think um, in the 1980s, Jack Welch, who was a CEO of GE, came in there and kind of created this corporate structure of maximizing shareholder value. Yes, we're going to pour into our employees um, and yet we are going to, uh, also kind of work them to death, if you will. I would actually say his philosophy was not necessarily well, I say to his employees. Well, hold on. I, I know that you say that, but like he also created the whole like GE Academy and he, so he yeah, did, cre- he, that happened, well, he, he did like, part of that is cause I think that book didn't give him all the credit. Like he did create some training courses sure, for, for employees, for, for better managers. management. Yes. And leaders. Yes. To create I that. would say but managers, managers. But what was funny about that is though, that most of the managers that left GE actually didn't succeed at all. As and, a CEO of the other companies. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. So they, they had created the structure and you know, and it was just, it was really cutthroat, if you will, shareholder value, maximizing at every expense. So you're cutting costs around employees. So so I think yeah. that it was, whole, a, it was profit, so profit over people. Yes. That's his a good philosophy. way of saying it. Yes. Yes. And he was very clear about that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, sure. He and he had a lot of success doing that. He did. I just think that time, times have changed yes. and that's not what people necessarily want anymore. Yes. Yeah, so I bring that up. And then I think in the, in the, obviously 2000 to 2005, the internet really was starting to being born. I know it started in the nineties, but really started really More taking mainstream, place mainstream yeah. in 2000, which what it started doing. And by the end of 2010, especially after the great recession, people started having this kind of uh, epiphany of like, okay, what do I want to do? And now, oh, look, I can create a 
YouTube channel. I can be my own boss. I can do this different thing. I can be an entrepreneur. And so I think to your point, the barrier of entry was so low um, because of the internet. Yeah. And you can actually do it part time. So you can build it up, right? You can do all these different things. So everyone started to become an entrepreneur, right? And now I think, so they thought, yes. Well, that's why I think like they, they started to come into this. And then I think what you're seeing now is to come to full tuition is I think people just wanted an opportunity of not having to be part of a company that put profits over people. Right. And that's kind of what I think a lot of shareholder or publicly traded companies, I'm not saying they have to or need to, but that's the way they envisioned that. And I think there's a different way of doing it to actually maximize shareholder value the long term to employ into putting people over profits. Now, they can be close. We kind of look at this as 51% kind of culture slash people, 49% profit and kind of everything else. Mm -hmm. So they're close, but one's got to tip the scales versus the other. I think what you're seeing right now is in the entrepreneurship world, people are waking up and going, hey, I want to be entrepreneurial. Yes. But I don't want to be responsible for every single decision, every single expense. I don't want the risk. I don't want to not have a paycheck for two years. While or I'm I don't want to thing. be doing it alone, which is the issue for a lot of entrepreneurs, too, is that they're doing it alone. Well, you're exactly right. Right. I think a lot of I think that's the number one thing we're even seeing right now in within Livian is that people raise their hand and go, hey, I'm, I'm pretty successful. I don't need to be saved but I don't really want to do this alone anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the the kind of loneliness epidemic of entrepreneurship stemmed from the fact that everyone went out there and realized that and goes, I love the freedom of this. And yet I hate the freedom of this because now I'm alone mm-hmm. and in all the other things that we talked about. Well, so, okay. So what's, let's talk, what's the actual definition of entrepreneurship? Oh, tell me. You don't want to read it. I'll read it. <laughs> okay. okay. I'll, I'll read. do the other one. <laughs> all right. Um, so what is an entrepreneur? An entrepreneur is an individual who creates a new business bearing most of the risks and enjoys most of the rewards. The process of setting up a business is known as entrepreneurship. The entrepreneur is commonly seen as an innovator, a source of new ideas, good services in business slash or procedures. Yeah. And these, these are definitions from Investopedia, which I really like as I think it's a great resource. But what I think is most interesting about this is that it is that they take most of the risks. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we forget that entrepreneurs are doing that. Yeah. Who are, I mean, they're putting financial risk, their time, um, I mean, years sometimes of just investing money and time. And then, you know, whether or not it ever comes to fruition, we don't know. Well, I think too, it's not just financial risk, which is a big component. It's also your kind of... Um, you you risk right like if you yeah. fail like the public scrutiny around that the um you know whether well, you may have lost two or three years on a, you know your corporate career yeah whatever so you have it is there's back yeah the beginning there's a if whole fail if you fail yes there's a bunch of risks that associated there. um and i also just want i can't remember which article or book it was that we were reading and maybe it was the innovation stack yep that was referencing that true entrepreneurship yes. is actually quite rare just as true innovation is quite rare and so entrepreneurs are they're not just, you know, eight out of 10 people aren't entrepreneurs. It's really more like one out of 10 people who start businesses or who you know, not start businesses. That's not maybe the best equation, but it's that re- they create that, something yeah, that's brand that, new that hasn't, hasn't been, been there before. before. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, the innovation stack d- d- drives into the definition of entrepreneurship. And they said, you know, I would say 99% of people out there are not actually entrepreneurs. Well, so they said there's there, they start yeah. businesses that they make them better and they can be wildly successful by doing that. Yes. But a true entrepreneur is somebody that, you know, it creates uh, a, 
you know, a, a capsule that can fly in the space, right? right? Um, like an entrepreneur and a business owner are not necessarily yes. the same thing, but an entrepreneur can be a business owner, Absolutely. but a business owner isn't necessarily an entrepreneur. And I don't know if this is a good example, but I always think of like um, franchises because yeah. the person who founded the franchise yes. is the entrepreneur. The people who buy into a franchise are business owners yeah. and they can be super successful and very innovative within that not maybe that innovative, iterative, yes. iterative, iterative within that framework, but they, it's not like they're creating something from scratch or taking yeah. a pre-existing model and, yeah. and running that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think, uh, you know, even in innovation stack, they talk about this and how we've been trained is that, you know, the, the best business leaders that are out there actually copy all the models that are out there to a point where they have to invent something new. It's right. like most people that actually go out there and try to invent something new. We actually don't hear about them because they've made so many mistakes that a company then goes, Oh, thanks for doing all this. We're going to, you took you five years to do that. We're going to bring it to, you know, uh, we're going to bring it in the next 90 days to where you're at already. And so then from there, they just get to invent or create, you know, because every time that you go out and you create something new, um, it, it spurs problems that you're, that you're not aware of when you went out to do it and you have to invent around those things. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you, when you think about entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, it's the people that are creating that process um, that, that hasn't necessarily been invented yet um, for people to be able to follow that next phase into it, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. And I would just say that I just go back to the, it's, it's creating a new business. So to your point, even within that structure, if they're, they get to a point where they're then innovating, well, then they're probably creating some sort of new product yes. or new business division, something new from that pre-existing model yeah. that then maybe they're an entrepreneur of that, even though in the beginning they might've been a business owner. Yeah. So what is the definition of an entrepreneur? Yeah. So entrepreneurship refers to a system that allows an employee to act like an entrepreneur within a company or another organization. Entrepreneurs are self-motivated, proactive, action-oriented people who take the initiative to pursue an innovative product or service. An entrepreneur knows that uh, knows failure does not have a personal cost as it does for an entrepreneur since the organization absorbs the losses that arise from failure. And so I think there's obviously far more entrepreneurs out there than there are entrepreneurs just by nature of these definitions, um, I, for one, consider myself an entrepreneur. I think there are, again, there are so many of them out there who may have wanted to be entrepreneurs in the beginning or maybe even gone down that path and then realized, like I've done in the past, that at the end of the day, I two things. One, I don't want to take the ultimate risk. And two, I actually prefer to be in partnership. Not that entrepreneurs can't be in partnership, but entrepreneurs are those, I think, are the trailblazers. And they're yeah. okay being alone for a while if they have to, to get done what they need to get done. And I think entrepreneurs more often don't have that natural tendency. They'd rather be in some sort of partnership and, and, and work that way. Yeah. I think there's a weight that's constantly carried around by an entrepreneur too, versus an entrepreneur. Whereas an entrepreneur, he talks about this, like most of them, they may have some stake in the game, but for the, for, for all intents and purposes, I mean, like you could leave tomorrow, right. And you wouldn't have to worry about anything anymore from, from this organization. Correct. Right? Yeah. I know you wouldn't do it. Even if you did leave, like you still wouldn't do that just because of who you are. But theory you could do that totally whereas for me like if i just decided that like i'm done tomorrow like there's like that just couldn't it just it wouldn't it couldn't actually happen right? right i mean i guess it could but it would be 
but you would detrimental leave, yeah, financial like consequences and waves of all these different yeah. things. So you kind of, so entrepreneurs carry not even like you can be wildly successful, making lots of money, growth mode, all those different things. And you're still carrying around this weight always around with you. And so that's why that's that kind of that, that difference, right? Between that entrepreneur and entrepreneur at that level, the entrepreneur is always going to carry, even in really good times, they know that the organization is on the backs of not necessarily, I know that they're not doing everything, but there's a weight there. What happens if this person leaves? What happens if this person leaves? What happens if we have a bad quarter? What, you know, what's the stock price going to do? What do our, what happens to, what happens if we have to start making layoffs, which you're seeing companies do right now? You don't see the entrepreneurs being named in those, in the, the layoffs, right? You're seeing the CEO, I guess that could be a, an entrepreneur. An so entrepreneur for a public trade yeah. company, yeah. I was just thinking more of businesses that were started, but it's, it's those individuals are going to be thrown out there again. Cause I just put myself in that situation. There's always a now there's benefits to what we get to in a second, but like there's, there is always that kind of weight behind there going like, Hey, it's it, it, at the end of the day, right. It's on you, right? Like, yeah. It, they it, bear most of the risks yes. and I would add most of the responsibility and they also therefore receive most of the rewards. Yeah. And sometimes I do think that can be a challenge for entrepreneurs. We've talked about this before yeah. or, or employees that they often forget yeah. that the entrepreneurs yeah, they, sh they are have, they have a ton of rewards and, you know, usually financially benefit from it or are getting the awards in addition to the financial rewards. But, um, they forget to look at the, the rest of the picture, yeah. the, the emotional and mental and financial risks that are associated. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember listening to Dave Ramsey speak one time and I don't know if you remember this. Uh, he was giving this keynote speak speech and it was basically, he was giving this example that, um, his company went from like 20 employees to like, I don't remember, maybe like 500 or a thousand or whatever. It went like in like nine months. But, and he said, everyone coming in there and he said, Oprah had just agreed to do their book, I believe is what it was. And so they're about, it was about to get released. And he said over the, the course of the office is just talking about how well they've done, look how much they've succeeded in nine months. And they just, he went on like talking about the whole organization just saw the last like six months of their company. So he actually had an all company meeting come in there and he created this little symbol and like this coin, I forget what it was. And he, and, and he basically, he told, he told the story that, um, Hey, over the, yes, we've had tremendous success over the last six months and we're about to to make this announcement with Oprah. And of course, everything's going to take off, but you guys missed the fact over the last 10 years, I have almost went bankrupt twice. I, the sacrifice, I almost lost my wife. I remember him talking specifically mm -hmm. about that. The sacrifices that I've given up over this entire period of time to now here in the fact that we did this with like one employee, two employees, three employees, 10 employees. And yeah, we had 20 up to and seven years and went from, you know, 20 to 500 or whatever it was. Um, let's not forget all of that because that's the, that's really the story of how we actually hit this geometric growth that happens in there. And so because organizations come on and, and they're only with you for a year or two or even three years and they see this this big economic boom and are going, look how much I contributed to this. Like, look how much, and you did, you did, but you, you missed the fact that these iterations and the trials of trying the to make it. foundation had already been built. Yeah. And just yeah. all the stuff that goes through there. And I think, so then you get to a point and then all of a sudden you hit this geometric growth. So reminding people of that, um, of there. And then I think from an entrepreneurship standpoint too, that's why people said like, I feel really alone and, and I don't think people can put words to it. And that's why I kind of use it. It's like this cloud that kind of is with you. There's this weighted blanket that's on you. And then people, when they saying they feel alone, what they're really saying is this, this weight is kind of constantly on me. And I don't really know how to, they can't put a word to it necessarily. They just feel like, man, I just don't want to do this all alone. And they use that verbiage. And really what is just, it's kind of cloaked in this responsibility, financial well, I, responsibility, mm -hmm. 
lawsuit responsibility, lawsuit, lawsuit responsibility, all of those responsibilities are kind of cloaked on them like a, like a, a blanket wrapping around you. They don't realize they're walking around with it. And then when something either like you have a tough day, that's why in real tough days, people are like, oh my God, my business is going to be over and wake up tomorrow and there's nobody, nobody here anymore. They're all going to leave me. And then in really good days, like you can feel like it's, it's completely off, but you're kind of walking around with this. So when you come in and you can join or another organization, or you bring in a partner in some way or another, it's almost like that blanket gets lifted off and you're able to go, oh, I can breathe again. Well, I think too, it's one, it's like not having, it's not having to carry like the emotional weight by yourself. I mean, sure, you might still have some of some of it, but like you can share in some of the burdens, whether it's yes. a conversation or whether it's Tally's fault, not mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> Delegating tasks or, or whatever it is, or just being able to have a conversation with somebody else yeah. is, can be helpful. Um, but also I, well, a yeah. conversation that is at a different level than uh, yes. you would with your employees. A hundred percent. I agree. Like, so maybe you need a coach. Yeah. Maybe you need some other mentor that you're having those type of conversations with, or you're, or another entrepreneur who actually understands yes. what you are going through. And that is where I think I, it makes it feel a little bit, um, less alone for, yeah. for these entrepreneurs. And I will say intrapreneurs. I also just wrote an article this week for my force multiplier community about the fact that being in a force multiplier role can be incredibly isolating and lonely place to be. It is not exclusive to entrepreneurs and leaders for many of the sim- similar reasons because there's no one to talk to. Yeah, well, let's be not re- necessarily the risk, yeah. the risk part, but the fact that there's you can't t- say anything to anybody yeah. about what is going on with your executive and with the company. You're privy to so much information that nobody else has. You know when the layoffs are happening. You know when the company is in financial risk, but part of your job is not saying that to anybody. Yeah. So who do you share any of your challenges with? Also, who are you going to go to complain to your boss about? <laughs> not your, not the employees. I mean, yeah. if you're a good force multiplier, you would never say any of that to your yeah. to your employees. So who do you have those conversations with? So that can be very... Uh, that's why you create a community, way. right? That's why you create a community or you create a really great relationship with your boss. So you can just yeah. tell your boss when you are um, mad at them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, so it's, uh, and I was going to say is, remember, none of these are, are it, it's not that people don't feel any of this. So everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. feels a little bit. I think what the, the key difference is to what degree, like there's going to be plenty of entrepreneurs that are probably, or entrepreneurs that are listening to this goes, I feel that weight. I feel sure. that risk. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course you do, right? Yeah. That's why you're in an, entrep- in an entrepreneurship role, which has entrepreneurial tendencies, totally. right? So it's like yeah. everyone has that type of, that they have those type of feelings, right? So it's not, people aren't wearing that, or it's not that, a, you know, a, a, an entrepreneur doesn't feel like an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur doesn't feel like an entrepreneur at times. It's to what degree. And I think that's like- yeah. Well, it, I also say the difference of the, the, the two are not- at the end of the day, it's not about how you feel. It's actually just literally about like what you, in these two, two roles, it's like what you're doing. Yeah. It's less about like how you approach the work because you can approach the work in many different ways. I think fundamentally it's just which role are you playing? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it, it comes down to is if you're sitting in the seat of an entrepreneur and you're going like, yeah, I really wouldn't mind somebody not telling me what to do, but having a little bit of a model, a roadmap, and maybe somebody sharing in the burden of all this so that some of this weight can be kind of lifted off me because it's actually detrimental to the rest of my well-being, right? I mean, if, it, if it's bothering you that much, then you may look of like, hey, maybe I'm more of an entrepreneur that can go out there and wants to create, but yet be part of a bigger framework or 
you know, partner up with somebody else that's out there or, um, you know, that's why you, you all, I think to a certain point, I know that there's economic benefits. You bring in like private equity or you sell to another group or you bring in another investor or something along those lines. Part of that is, is taking some money off the table, right? There's that component of it. And part of it is, is the, the other emotional things that we've been talking about as well. There's just different partnership, different models and different systems that are there as well. Yeah. And I think, I mean, in general, this, uh, for me, the whole conversation is really just about understanding who you, who are. you are in the beginning. When I think when I first started working with you, I was like, oh, I'm going to go run my own. Now I thought that was what entrepreneurship yeah. was, but really it's probably not pure entrepreneurship, like running a real, like being a real estate agent. Yeah. That's again, somebody who has very entre- entrepreneurial tendencies. And yes, you, you end up being a business owner, but you didn't invent the yeah. real estate industry. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to be a real estate agent and I'm going to go do this and this and this and like run, be, you know, be my own boss. And I mean, also seven, like five yeah. years ago, I kind of felt the same way. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to go coach and, and train on my own. And it's just not for me. I have all of those tendencies and natural inclinations to do those things. But at the end of the day, like I, if I'm not doing it quite honestly for someone else, usually one person <laughs> being the founder then I don't have that same like motivation to do it if it was just doing it for myself. So um, also an interesting question that I get from entrepreneurs a lot or from business owners is why would anyone ever want to like we, again, we kind of talking about like executive assistant or directors of operations or, you know, being a a finance manager for them. They're all, they say, well, why would anyone ever want to do that job? Why would anyone want to do do that? And and I've had to explain to them the whole concept of entrepreneurship and how there are people who are uniquely designed to work alongside somebody who's very entrepreneurial, but they have no desire to actually do it themselves. Yeah. And that when you dis, when we use this distinction, it tends to help. I remember that when the first uh, two things I'll make a note of uh, when I first hired an EA back in 2006, I was like, I remember just thinking like, why would anybody want to do this job? And even back then it wasn't really EA like you and I discuss now it was more yeah. of like somebody just handling administrative. They're more like an administrative operations person. Yeah, sure. But I was like, why would anybody want to do this? Cause yeah. I, I just had such a disdain for it that it was like, I couldn't think, I couldn't fathom really that somebody else would have the behavioral profile to actually want to do this type of work until I really got into behavioral analysis. And it was really eye opening that when I did the original disc, I think it was like 2006 is when I did the disc right after I started hiring. I remember I'm sitting there with Sarah, my wife, and I went through this whole thing and it was such a, I just remember us sitting in the back seat. There's a Howard Britton conference mm-hmm. and or not the back seat, the back row. And I look and I'm like, in that moment, I realized that everyone else isn't like me yeah. and I'm not like everybody else. Like, I know it sounds so like, okay, wow, that's great. But it was, it was that moment. It was what I was 20, my mid twenties. And so it was, it was like that aha moment. Like, wow, people actually don't think like I do. And, and then other people don't, th- you know, I don't think like other people do. So mm-hmm. it's kind of opening there. Um, I think it's funny. Cause you know, you mentioned that before for me, I came out of college, um, having this deep desire to be an, to be an entrepreneur, but I ended up working for another company, right. For call it 90 days and then was fired for a whole other host of reasons, but it was, it was a good, and then I went to another company, um, that I ended up working at for about a year or so. I had a great job. Um, I'm my own assistant at the time I had my own office. I could schedule my own hours. I mean, literally like it was a, it truly was like a great job, if you will. And I was just miserable. Yeah. 
And the reason why is because I, I didn't want anybody to, I actually wanted to be the guy that actually took all the risk. Right. I right. wanted to be the person that actually was put in the situation of being pressured. And what did that feel like? Right. So I've always put myself in those situations because I've always wanted to be that person to be like, even when growing up, I always wanted to be the person that got hit first. I always wanted to be the person that got sick. I always want, well, like mean? if you're like, I'm fighting with somebody oh, or like oh. whatever it is, right? Like I always wanted to be the person to like, take it for the blunt of everybody. Yeah. I wanted to be the one to put myself through it. So no matter what it was, I was always the first person to go. Right. And it's just cause I wanted to make sure that like, if it was something that was going to happen to my family, I wanted it to happen to me because I was like, I can handle that. Yeah. So I had this, like this weird thing, like my entire life, like going up, like I want to be the one that actually receives it first. So I can almost shield it from everybody else. Like give it to me. I can handle it. But just, just, this is just very interesting because we clearly know I'm an entrepreneur, yeah. but yet what yes. you just said, I'm exactly the same way. Yeah, that's why I'm saying there's a lot of, a lot of yeah. tendencies. And I also think there's, there's different degrees, right? There's different degrees of entrepreneurship. Like I can even, I can think of like our own staff and all the staff that we have. Like there are certain people that have very entrepreneurial tendencies, but they're way more, they're, they're a less degree of an entrepreneur than you are. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I can, I can think of few people right now that are even less risk averse and really want that model, really want that structure, but yet have a lot of entrepreneurial tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's that degree in there. Right. And I think yeah. there's also a degree in entrepreneurship. Sure. I think there's yeah. a, you know, you could, you could be an entrepreneur and I think people have that kind of same drive for what it is, but I think you're absolutely right. And then I think then, you know, so that in, remember this rare to be an entrepreneur, it's very rare to be an entrepreneur. And then I think there's people that work within your organizations that have those tendencies to do that, but they really don't want to be necessarily a, a large uh, entrepreneur and they don't really want to be an entrepreneur, right? They actually want to a model and system and organization that supports their well-being personally and professionally. And they want to be just a really um, great contributor. Yes. Contributor. They're serving yeah. wherever they are and showing up. So I, I think, I think a lot of our world of people that we've hired, we've hired a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when organizations growing. You really need those entrepreneurs who are willing to do a lot more things um, that are way beyond if you hired somebody just for marketing, that marketing person may also be recruiting, right? Like I can think mm-hmm. of like the, when our organization starting off, our entrepreneurs wore many hats. And now as the organization starts to get a little bit larger, you're actually finding, I guess you can make the argument both ways. You're finding entrepreneurs, but they do one thing really, really well. Now entrepreneurship as you, as you've gained a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also just think that, um, entrepreneurs again, like they take the lead on maybe not the lead on things, but they're really creative and they're not afraid to, you know, create a new division or create a new program and that's where I think that entrepreneurial spirit comes out yeah. is through, through that, but they're just doing it within the, they're being able, they're able to be, this is why it's called entrepreneur. They're able to yeah. be entrepreneurial within yes. an established, um, structure. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you got notes right there. Well, I, I just, I was just going to give a couple of examples of the entrepreneur entrepreneur, just in case anyone else has any yeah. questions about what we're talking about. Um, so for example, Charlie Munger, I think is a good example maybe of Warren Buffett's uh, entrepreneur to Warren Buffett. Yes. Would we agree with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I guess I don't know. En- I know of him, but I don't know yeah. enough of him. There's certainly partners in the yes. business. He's like his right hand partner, but I, yes. he didn't create Berkshire Hathaway, yeah. right? Yeah. Warren Buffett did, yes. if I believe, if yes. I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. Um, or um, Sheryl Sandberg was yeah. a great, was a great example. Yes. Um, Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook. Sheryl Sandberg came in and probably created multiple products and multiple divisions, but she was not, um, she was a COO. She was not the, um, entrepreneur of that organization and loved being in partnership by the way. Yes. And loved being in partnership. 
And then I think we've talked about this before, but I just think, again, there's these people who have that natural tendency. I think this you're a perfect example of this, um, that you have people who are like to play individual sports. Maybe mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. did team sports, but you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like you also did Ironman. So you yes. like to do yeah. individual, individual type sports versus people who want to do team sports. You have people who, um, solo artists, yes. like I use like Johnny Cash or yeah. Lady Gaga, right? Yeah. They, I think of them more of that, entrepreneur i mean really they're the one on stage they're taking the risk and they get the huge financial reward versus people who are in bands like the beatles or i don't know any i mean this is my my (laughs) lack of my lack of music knowledge but you know what i mean right people who are in bands who want to be in that partnership who don't need to be the one blazing the trail they can be collectively doing that um so while that may not be perfectly entrepreneur entrepreneur just kind of shows a little bit of the difference of types of people and part you know partnership versus not partnership and who wants to be that, you know, front and center risk taker versus somebody who wants to kind of do that within a structure. Yeah. And I think it's being the front and center risk taker, not when things are going well, it's when both, right. It's when things are going oh, right, very challenging and when things yeah. are going really well. Um, I think of the, uh, uh, I was going to say an example of somebody I like the, well, I think it, what it really comes down to is that any behavior or personality can actually be ultra successful, right? So we can name oh, yeah. names of all their behaviors and personalities that are there. It can be, we're not talking about money here. We're really actually referring because entrepreneurs can make a tremendous amount of money. Sure. If you go to sports, entrepreneurs probably make way more money than the coaches do, or, or even sometimes than the entrepreneurs themselves do, right? We hear about the big sports teams that make money. You don't hear about the sports teams that are losing money, right? They may have been successful other ways, but anyways, so when you kind of think about that is it's really, this is a self-awareness exercise exactly they, they, it's not about money or about the value that you add it's and about it's not one being better than the other no not at all it's i like, think where for a lot you, of time being on entrepreneur was again like, like i want the badge yes yeah totally. and like that's what people, i think that's shifting going back to I our agree. original conversation it's shifting of going maybe i don't need to wear all of that maybe i can actually because really i tried this yeah and it doesn't light me up and all that all i think that a lot of people were after because i was after that too it was just kind of more control yes. over your time and your, the project really over your time time yes and, and what I was doing yeah. in projects and cr- being able to be creative yeah and if you can get that using your strengths within an organization I mean I would do that all day long so I think part of that went back to the reason why I brought Jack Welch up is because a lot of times those organizations were, were built on this is the way it's going to be this is how it is you clock in you punch in this is what yes. it is now we think more conscious businesses totally. are opening up right I like to think of ours as one of those that actually is a place where you know individuals can thrive right no matter what that individualistic nature is of yours you can thrive within it and we're not going to we're going to treat people like adults we're going to have them be able to structure their time they can work at home or they can do a hybrid or they can work in the office full time, right? We're actually pretty open to a lot of these different ideas that are there. Um, you know, I know people that are fully remote and saying it's the best way to go. Then I, you know, like Elon Musk just recently came out and said, come back to come the back office. to at least 48 hours a week, 40 hours a week. If you want to anything beyond 40 hours, you can work remote, right? right. Not, not, to, not only did he say that, like he said, you can, if you want to work remote, you can pretend to work somewhere else. <laughs> is what he said. <laughs> Something like that's that. just an Elon Musk. But thing. yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's, it's, you know, you can, you can do both. And I think, you know, having, if you're going to build a large organization, I think part of that is actually opening up to allow both of those. Cause there's people that want to actually show up to work and they love working in office. Yeah. And there's people that love working home. And there's people that like you and I, who like the hybrid form of yeah. that. And I will say we are also, of course, also talking about very knowledge workers. Yes. I mean, it, when we start talking about other industries, yeah, we do have positions though that, yeah, that can't work remotely as well. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. So 
Yeah. You have to take that in consideration and then other industries think, just can't necessarily do that. I think you kind of know that going into the job though. Like sure. if, like if you, if you are going into be a customer service, customer deck, service, yes, like, restaurant management, yes. like a lot yeah. of those things you have to be on site. Yeah. So what I would, what I would do is, is listen to this, right? Maybe you listen to it with a couple of people or by yourself and just kind of write down, like, where do I really want to show up? Right. One or two or three things. Like, where do I really want to show up? Do I really want to hold on? Do I have this underlying kind of tension, anxiousness, kind of this drape that's kind of holding on to me that maybe it's time to explore a partnership or look at what it would look like to be more of an entrepreneur within an organization. Because we, we see this specifically where we see this a lot in real estate right now, where people have kind of built these teams slash businesses. Um, and I wouldn't really call them necessarily entrepreneurs, but I used to call them business owners. They've built these mm-hmm. big businesses that are profitable there, but they wake up and they, cause we hear the private conversations. They say, you know, I'm going to walk out of doing this and I'm making $2 million a year, I'll leave all this on the table because I can't handle it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like got to a point over so many years, they get to a point and you're going, this is, I just can't do this. Like it's too much weight on me. They're not wrong. And they feel like they're feeling, I'm like, no, that's actually you becoming very self-aware of what it is and let's go thrive in a different position that's gonna actually going to make a lot of sense. So again, it's about the self-awareness around what that looks like for any industry that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would sit down and just start taking some notes down of what that really looks like. Any suggestions on how people would start that? I mean, I always go back to behavior assessments and just using them as a starting point for, um, for self-inquiry. And I mean, and I think, you know, a little bit too, like if you're in a position like mine, if every day I was having like major anxiety, I would be like, it's because I probably needed to go actually and start my own thing. And it's interesting because so many people over the years have asked me, why aren't you just working on your own? Yeah. And that's this, this in front of us. Yes. Time. And yeah. this is literally the reason yeah. I am not built yeah. like an entrepreneur. I need to be within, um, a structure. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, some of it is just really self-reflection and same with the, the, the entrepreneurs that you also know, if you really just yes. be honest with yourself, if you're doing it because you think it looks good or you're doing it because you want some sort of recognition yeah. or if you're doing it because you really had that dream. Yeah but maybe you can fulfill that dream yeah. some other way that is going to be more in alignment with you and you probably be happier doing it too. Yeah. That's the real thing is like, you know, you're, you're here for a very short period of time, right? Very short. And then you're going to die. Don't be fake. Right. And I think being authentic <laughs> yeah. is about, is not about telling people what you think. Like people see that sometimes like, Oh, I don't really like the, you know, the way Asher's wearing his clothes or whatever it is. Like that's not being authentic. Right. No. Being authentic is being, is, is a understanding who you are. And then, and then having that mirrored in your behavior, actions, and your thinking. And once you do that, when you can mirror that of who you authentically are mirrored in the physical world, that's when your harm, your life becomes in this balance or like, I wouldn't say balance becomes into a work life harmony situation mm-hmm. where you're integrating yourself as a being in, in the physical world and you've, you're maximizing the benefit of being here. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us today. Uh, we have a wonderful entrepreneur entrepreneur quiz. So are you a trailblazer and a creative visionary who isn't afraid to take risks, even if that means losing it all? Then you're probably an entrepreneur at heart. Have you always had an entrepreneurial spirit, but prefer to work at a company where you can be an impact player without being the ultimate boss? Then you might actually be a highly driven entrepreneur. Neither is right or wrong or better than the other, but it's helpful to know which way you lean for ultimate career satisfaction and long-term growth. 
So if you're interested in finding out, not really sure where you fall on this spectrum, either entrepreneur or entrepreneur, head to adamhergenrother.com slash EI quiz. That's adamhergenrother.com slash EI quiz to figure out your career style and how to use that self-knowledge to maximize your growth.